Okay, here we go. We're at the Mishnah at the bottom of Pe'alaf Lamed Beis, 81b. So, good morning, Rabbi Golding. So, uh, at this point, we've been talking about uh, bringing the offering. Let's say the offering, uh, everything was good, and then, in other words, it was dedicated, it was brought to the Beis Amigdush, and then for some reason, something happens that it cannot be brought. And that we're going to see there are different circumstances why it can't be brought. What do you do with it? It's already holy. It's already dedicated. So the rule is like this. If it's still whole, nitma sholem, it becomes impure when it's whole. A dead creepy or uh, somebody, uh, somebody passes away under the same uh, roof. Oh, rovo. Or even if it's not mostly whole, only a few lamb chops missing. So there's a sorfen oso lifnei habira me'atzei hamaracha. There was a special place in front of the Beis Hamikdash, in front of the um, uh, the fi- the wood that they used to use for the mizbeach. They had a special fire to burn offerings that went bad. Um, and uh, it's also a concept that first of all you can't just throw it in the trash. It ha- it was holy, and it has to be burnt. And it was burnt in a special place. We'll see why it was burnt in a very public place. Usually you would want to do this. You know, the garbage is hidden. <laughs> you know, sometimes you go in a house. Where's the, where do I throw this away? You know, it's under the cabinet. In the, this is being done. Lifnei uh, habira. Like you walk in the base of English. There it is. There's the fire. Oh, these are the people that had their korbanos uh, messed up. Now, also, the second interesting thing was they were allowed to use the wood that belonged to the Beis HaMikdash. Okay. Now, on the other hand, if only a little bit got tummy. Now, basically what happens is, uh, we learned you went to the Beis HaMikdash to shechtet, and you went to the Beis HaMikdash to sprinkle the blood. Then they gave you your animal. They, they, uh, they took some of the innards out. I hope you didn't mind. And they took the excrement out too. And uh, then you remember that they, you packed it up like a bag and carried it on your shoulder, right? So everybody then left the Temple Mount, and they had to eat it uh, anywhere in Yerushalayim. So if somehow a little piece got tummy, so you don't have to walk all the way back to the, uh, the base of Miglush to burn it, or a nitma miuto, or let's say there was some leftover. Now you're supposed to finish it all. If there's some left the next morning, it has to be burnt. So then you don't have to go back to the base of Migdosh to burn it. You could burn it in your yard, in your front yard, or or you could do it on your roof. I wonder if that's if, uh, like, you're a second floor, you could do it on the roof. Okay. Uh, then you pay for the wood. Okay. Next. Hasiknim. What about the cheapskates? <laughs> that's my word. It's not a great word. Uh, some people don't want to... Uh, it's expensive to go up for the holidays, and uh, those days fuel was very expensive. I mean, truth is, our days fuel is expensive too. But uh, if you want to get fuel, uh, they don't have the wood, so they would the, the uh, people, even if they after their seder they had a few pieces, they would walk back to the base of Mignish because they had a free uh, fuel pile to burn the the, the things. So they wanted to use that wood. So really, the question is. Why would the sages allow the cheapskates to use their wood? Good morning, Dr. Yaffe. Welcome. We're on the bottom. Why would Chazal, in other words, uh, the, the, the wood was donated to the temple. 
and uh, they, they were allowed to make conditions on what it could be used for. Now, if you would just want to uh, roast a marshmallow and borrow some temple wood, you have a serious infraction there. That's a me'ila. So it's interesting that they, and it's understandable that if people at the base of Migdosh have a problem, you could burn your things there. But that they would allow the cheapskates that have some leftover Corbin Pesach meat or, or some impure Corbin Pesach meat to just go there and use their fuel, that's interesting. We'll have to see why. Okay, let's see the Gemara. My time. Why, the first question is, why the location? Why was it burned in front of everybody? In order to embarrass them. You're supposed to be a little more careful, you know, than let your Corbin Pesach. Now, you also disappointed everybody at the Seder. I mean, I imagine they're waiting for the lamb chops and then they find out, oh, uh, by mistake, I, I, um, I wasn't so careful and there was a dead creepy there on top of your uh, lamb. Or I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention and I contaminated it. It's not so easy to make it tummy. So therefore, there's a psychological impact. Uh, people don't want to burn it in front of everybody. <laughs> oh, you know, you lost your Corbin Pesach? Oh my goodness. Well, next time you'll be more careful. It's, 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 you can't underestimate how uh, psychology plays into things. Um, uh, the, the, the old thing, like uh, the, the, before GPS, that men used to not want to ask directions because that shows uh, they don't know everything and they're not macho. And instead, they would get lost. Why would they get lost? Because they did, it was embarrassing to say, I don't know how to get there, right? So that's, uh, psychology plays a role. So here also, if you've got to go burn it in front of everybody, maybe next year, or maybe this year, you won't, uh, you'll be more careful because you don't want to have to go burn it in front of everybody and show that you blew it. Okay, nitma miyut, v'reminhu. So we said even a small, a small amount you don't burn there. V'reminhu, let's ask a question. Another case, not Korban Pesach. You have holy meat. Now, all holy meat has to be eaten in Yerushalayim. And what happened if you walked out and you forgot that you had snuck a lamb chop in your pocket. Uh, actually, it's in your hand. You forgot it was in your hand. That's embarrassing, but okay. You left it in your hand, and you walked out, and you were going to eat it, but you forgot to. So uh, the rule is now you blew it because there's what we call a psul yotze. When you take it out of the place where holy meat has to be eaten in holiness, it becomes invalid because it's out of bounds. So now you've got to burn it. So, im over har sufim, if you're halfway, you left the city, and you passed Mount Sofim, and that's a place where, you, uh, the lookout mountain, so to speak. So, you got then you can just burn it wherever you're at. The im lav, if you're still very close, then you go and you burn it in front of the temple. So, this sounds like even small amounts you burned in the temple. We just said only the whole shebang, but not the small amounts, unless you're one of those cheapskate guys. But otherwise, uh, you don't go back. Here it sounds like small amounts you do. So which one is it? Amar of Kasha. It's not a difficult. It depends. It depends on if you're a guest, you came up for the holidays, you're not a resident. So how are you going to make a campfire? Where are you going to get the wood from? Whereas if you have your own house, you go out back and you have your own wood. So uh, let, let's see the Rashi. Kan ba'aknesoi, you're a guest. Aksanya, that's that same word, aksanya. You might have heard that word before, a guest. She'elo eats him. You know, you have a Shabbos guest. He doesn't have any wood with him. A yantav guest. She'elo eats him. So from he's allowed to use temple wood. Umastisim babalabayas. When uh, the previous Mishnah that said that uh, he, he burns it... Um, 
I'm sorry, no, our Mishnah, which says that he burns it in his own yard or on his own roof, that's like if you've got a house nearby, so you don't go use temple wood, but if, you're, uh, if you came up to Yerushalayim, then you're allowed to use temple wood. That's answer number one. Rep Papa gives a different answer. No, both cases, ha ba We're talking about a guest. It depends if he started his trip. If he didn't really leave yet, so come back and burn it in the holy spot. If he left already, then he could burn it in his own place. What's the difference if it's, if it's mid-mashalim or muto? Why is that a factor? If it's a whole one or a small one. Uh, we didn't explain it. Um, you, you're, the question is what uh, my... Assumption would be for a small one, it's um, it's a um, it, it's not necessary to go and uh, in other words, the whole one they wanted to show that he didn't get a Corbin Pesach that year. They wanted to embarrass him. They gave a requirement that, uh, that he really messed up. It's one thing if a tiny piece gets uh, so they he want. Is, though, he ate the corn pesach. He just said it, no, sir. But right, the, right. So they didn't. It wasn't necessary for him to go in front of everybody and burn it there. He could just do it at home. So uh, uh, let's see. Rashi Hixig Baderek Lo Etriku Laksar Ala Eitzim. Since he already left, then he doesn't have to go look for wood. Tani Kmishotz Al Mehixig. We're talking about somebody uh, traveling. Um, uh, whereas. Uh, if, uh, if he didn't really leave, so then he can go and put together a fire. Okay. Uh, Rizvid has a different answer. Really, like we said initially, they're two different people. And even uh, if he didn't leave on the way, since he doesn't have wood, he's like one of those cheap guys who doesn't have wood or doesn't think he has wood. The Tanan, we learned that the guys that are cheap, they would go to the base of Migdash even for the small ones because they wanted they didn't want to use their own wood they would rather use a temple wood. Um, it's just again it's just interesting that the rabbis would have allowed a person uh, who was cheap to to use the temple wood for it. On the other hand, there was the concern that a person uh, may just throw it out uh, and wouldn't dispose of it properly. So. You have to make a way that people could dispose of it uh, halakhically, and they knew that some, for some people fuel is a big issue, so then they allowed it. Rabbi What about, all right, you want to burn it, but you don't want to go to the temple to burn it, but you need temple wood. Can you take this, instead of using the temple wood, now, you have to understand, what would happen is, there's a small fire there, and you want to burn your item, you would get some extra wood, uh, and throw it on before you would burn your thing. So instead of taking that wood and be burning it over there in the base of Migdash, you want to take it home and uh, take the temple wood home, and you'll have the fire in your backyard. That way you don't have to sit around and watch it and be careful. So can you do that? If somebody wants to come and burn it at home, and they want to use temple wood, we're not going to listen to them. <laughs> no way, Jose. You leave the wood here, okay? Lifnei habira. What about you want to do? Uh, you you are going to burn it in the temple, but you want to provide the own, your own wood. You don't want to um, uh, be on the community dole, but you you like the idea of burning it there. But you want to bring your own wood. Me atze You're going to use your own wood. 
That sounds great. He's donating his own what? And sure, we don't listen to him. So the Morris says, Why? I understand the first halacha that we don't let you take temple wood and burn it at home. So the reason why, it's not because the base of Igdish doesn't give you wood to burn uh, extra korbanos. The problem is, there, you may not use it all. There'll be some pieces of wood left. Now, those pieces of wood left, you'll use them for uh, your marshmallows tomorrow. That would be a sin. So that we don't, it, we don't want you to take wood home because some of it might be used improperly. But if you want to do it in the base of Mikdush with your own wood, my time below, what's the problem? Rev Yosef says It's a great answer. You don't want to embarrass the guy that doesn't have it. In other words, there are plenty of people, especially guests, who don't have their own wood, and you're a show-off. I got my own wood. Uh, and so the base of Mikdush is not a place to differentiate between the have and the have-nots. Uh, it's, it's just not a place where we want... There's some places where you go to and you could always tell who has and who doesn't have. But that's not the base of me. That's the answer number one. Rava says for a different reason. He said uh, because of suspicion. Let's see, there should be a Rashi here. Yeah, so when you bring your own wood, you're going to make sure you have enough wood. And there's very likely you won't need it all. It's 50-50, right? It's very hard to do wood planning. Right? So you might have, it depends on the wind, it depends on how long it takes to burn the bones, right? Let's finish that Rashi. After you're done, you're going to take the leftover wood which you brought home. Roy, somebody's going to see you pocketing wood, taking it out of the temple. They're going to look at, look at that guy, he's stealing temple wood. So if you're going to bring your own wood from home, then you're going to be taking the leftover pieces back. And then people will suspect you. And uh, then you start a whole business. People develop opinions of others very quickly, unfortunately. And it's really, and so therefore we avoid that. Why isn't that real, Mila? It's his own wood. He, he brought his own wood from home. Okay. Yeah, so um, this really a problem. We have to learn ourselves that we, we see one action and we sometimes say, oh, that guy, he's a good for nothing. Right? And we don't know the rest of the story. So th- this guy is stealing temple wood. Uh, you know, I'm like, what kind of guy is that that's going to take wood back from the temple? Right? So they don't know that he brought his own. My benai, what's the difference between these two answers? Ike benai, the difference would be instead of bringing the wood, you bring kini v'charusa. You bring uh, kindling. This is, the temple doesn't usually provide that. So if the problem is you're a show-off, you know, that you're a rich guy and your fire is going to burn real quick, whereas the poor guys, that, you know, without kindling, it takes a long time to get the fire going. So if you're going to differentiate between the have and the have-nots, you can't do that. If the idea is that people are going to suspect when you take it home that you're taking something that belongs to the temple, the temple didn't have a kindling fund. They, they didn't need it. They had... Uh, they had divine kindling. They didn't have any of that kini um, uh, Okay. Where do you see such a thing that there was a psychological pressure in the base of Migdush that they, that they would have people burn it in front? To, to, uh, so we'll bring uh, proof to that. So, Tanhasam, Rosha Maimed, the Kohen in charge, the head of the Maimed. Uh, actually, the Maimed... Um, I don't know. There was a Maim, uh, Yisrael Mamadam. That was actually, 
I'm not sure if it was a Kohen or not, but the head over there in the base of Migdash, he would stand up the people that were Tameh uh, in the East Gate. Now, uh, why would you make, in other words, certain people came to do the service and uh, they had their questions. Are they eligible? Are they not eligible? This is what happened to them. Uh, or they, when they walked to the temple, they walked, uh, even today, there's a, the, the legend has it that the Muslims made a cemetery near the base of Migdash to prevent the Mashiach from coming. It's, uh, every tour guide will tell you that story. There's a few graves there up on... Yeah, uh, really? Okay. So the only thing is, it's Gentile graves, not Jewish graves. <laughs> but don't tell the Muslims that. But at any rate, uh, so they would, the people, though, that did become Tameh, there was a special place for them to stand. Now, why, do, why would you ask them to stand there? So Amr Rav Yosef, today Levaisham, that, uh, in order to embarrass them. You know, those people are going to miss out on Pesach. Rashi, Kadei Levaisham, Shalom Nizer, Militame. They weren't careful. Uh, it sounds like these are Kohanim, and they, uh, they, would, they should be doing the service. So uh, there, that was why he did it. Rava says a different reason. Mifnech uh, Shad. Yeah, here we're talking about the Kohanim. That basically, maybe they don't want to work in the temple. They, they are, uh, you're supposed to volunteer their time to work on the weekends, you know, the Kohanim. Uh, and so people shouldn't think that they, they didn't want to come. No, they came, but they were rejected because they were Tamil. What's the difference? Uh, what happens if these are people that don't work? So if the whole reason is you don't want people to think that they didn't want to uh, come do the service because they were busy working, these people never work. It's interesting, you have that class of people that don't work. Mefanki. Finiki is the same word. They're, they're, they're two dead. Me, I should work. Let's see. Rashi, Mefanki, Hako, Yon, Shabbat, Everybody knows these guys don't work. And uh, they for sure would come to the base of Migdosh. Nobody suspects that they wouldn't be, uh, come to the base of Migdosh because they have a job. They, they really are, they're retired. Vein Sham. So you won't need to put them there. But according to the one who you need to embarrass them, that they became Tameh, then you do need. Um, sometimes Tameh was because they had a seminal omission. Uh, people are, uh, there's a way to be careful with that. Uh, so that's, it, it'd be pretty embarrassing, you know, stand over here. You know, they, they got there that morning and they said, well, you know, they can't do the service. Or Inami, the Kagaru Shashiri. Another answer would be if they, their job is uh, rope making. Uh, they tie knots. Uh, they used to have this uh, in the shmata business. People would go and they would sew a certain amount of shmatas and they, uh, piece, they would do pieces, it was called. Uh, basically, that, that kind of work you could do anytime. They don't, that wouldn't keep them from doing the Besamigdash. Let's see, Rashi, Kigado, Shushura, Mafshile, Kavalim. These are bundle makers. It's a very uh, cheap work. Viscaro, you don't get paid that much. Nobody's going to miss out on the Besamigdash. Even though there, there was, it's called avoda work, it really wasn't work. It was very enjoyable, you know, spiritually enjoyable, and uh, you got a lot of steaks. Uh, you got a lot of meat, you got bread, you had good stuff over there. It smelled good, you had the music. Nobody would miss out on that because they needed to do some bundling. Okay, new mission. What happens if somebody took the Korban Pesach out? They took it out of the base of Migdash. Oh, actually not out of the base of Migdash. They took it out of Yerushalayim. Oh, Shinitma, or it became Tameh, Yisrof Miyad. It should be burned uh, right away. 
no delay. Now, in other words, before we talked about the where the burning. Now we're talking about the timing. Do burn it immediately. Nitmu habaylim. Let's say there's nothing wrong with the korban pesach, but the owner of the pesach he became tamei oshemes or he died. So the korban pesach is beautiful. So you don't burn a beautiful offering. It looks like it's something that really looks fit to be done. So what you do is you wait till it goes bad. Once an animal is shecked, it doesn't take long for it to decline. So tavisurasso, you let the you let it go bad. It literally means like the tzura is like its image. You wait for it to look. It, it, it looks like a, at, at a certain point it starts to look bad. Okay, the yisrof uh, and you burn it the next day after Pesach, after after Yantam. Rabbi Yochanan Baruch Avzu Yisrof Miyad. He says you could burn it right away. There's nobody who's going to eat it. So we're starting to have a debate here about the burning of the korban. Uh, that do you do it right away or do you let it sit and do it after Yantam? I know why you got to burn it. If it's Tameh Dixiv, it says written up, the Torah says so. If it touches anything Tameh, you're in trouble. Now keep in mind, it could be dark. You know, the, the, it was dark. You're on the Temple Mount with hundreds of thousands of people. It's dark. And uh, you've got meat there. And there are critters that when they smell meat, they're going to come running, you know. And uh, uh, some of, there's also... so. It is, it is feasible that somebody could make it tame by not being careful. Uh, so, therefore, but the Torah says, don't eat So, but that halacha is very clear. Where does it say that if it left the, the boundaries that you got to burn it? Where does it say that? How do you know that? So, we learn from an interesting place. And since it's Rosh Chodesh tonight, our Gemara is going to bring us into a Rosh Chodesh Gemara. And uh, one of the more famous discussions in the Torah. Uh, it's famous because of what we know and because of what we don't know. Uh, you ever wonder like, what goes on in the background, you know, when there's like a big production and the, uh, the host and the people are like having this big conversation, you know, like there's some squabble going on in the background, right? So uh, only one time in our history in the Beis Amigdosh was there a squabble, so to speak. That Moshe and Aaron, you know, these brother, older brother, younger brother, you think they ever fought, right? All brothers uh, have, uh, have words with each other, right? So one time in the Torah, the Torah lets out that there was a squabble, but that's uh, not the right way to talk, but there was something going on over there between Moshe and Aaron, uh, and this was when Aaron's sons died. Uh, and the service, normally the service had to go on. Now, it was very difficult for Aaron in that in those days, he was the only Kohen. So he had, to be, he had to be there. So now that he lost half his sons, it meant that the remaining sons had to keep the service going. So what happened was there were certain daily offerings. We, at this point, we're going to discuss which ones they were that uh, they didn't uh, got rejected and were being burnt. Now, if you were Moshe Rabbeinu and you were responsible that all the offerings be brought and you see that they burnt and a perfectly good holy offering. I mean, that's a terrible thing if it was meant to be brought for a sweet smell in front of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and you destroyed it. So Moshe Rabbeinu comes in and he sees that they, uh, they burnt something they weren't supposed to. And he has a few words with his brother. So uh, that's what we're going to enter that discussion over there. And again, we don't know, the Gemara is going to fill us in on some of the details. So this is what it says. So Moshe Rabbeinu first tried to judge them favorably and figure out why it was they're burning this offering. So, hey, so 
he said, well, maybe what happened is you brought, uh, you brought it where it shouldn't go, where no man should go. Uh, in the base of Migdash, just like you have a mitzvah to bring it in the right place, if you bring it too far in, that's no good also. A person has to know their boundaries, right? So, so Moshe Rabbeinu said, uh, he, They didn't bring it, uh, it didn't get ruined because you brought it, you can't bring it out and you can't bring it in. You got to do it perfectly in the right spots. But again, that's what we're going to get to, a source that you can't bring it out. But so Moshe Rabbeinu first said, why'd you burn it? Hey, Lohubas, you didn't bring it too far in. Amr lo Moshe Aaron. Moshe Rabbeinu said to Aaron, Madua lo chaltamesachatos. Why didn't you eat the sin offering? We need atonement. Well, Shema niktas damulayvnim. He says, oh, I know. I'm going to judge you favorably. Maybe somebody, by mistake, brought it too far in, into the holy spots. Again, the sin offering doesn't get that holy. We didn't want a person who's a sinner to think that he's uh, he's doing he did something holy here. He's making up for his sins. So Amrlo Lav Aaron said, "No, that's not what happened." So Amrlo he said, "Shema chutzmikitzasa." Maybe you took it too far out. Amrlo Lav, no bekodeshaisa. So then he said, "Amrlo ibekodeshaisa." Um, if it was brought in the right spot. And they didn't bring it too far in. Why didn't you eat it? Why are you burning it? So that was part of the discussion. We'll get back to that, what Aaron answered, uh, what was going on over there. But from that discussion, what do we see? You see from here, if you take it out, or or you take it in, very clear from that discussion that it has a certain place where it's supposed to be, and if the offering is brought too far in or too far out, you burn it. So be shlema nitma. So all right. So again, so we have the basic concept that when offerings become tame, they're burnt, and when offerings are taken out of their spot, they're burnt. Now the problem is that it's talking about a specific offering, and every offering has its own set of rules. So be shlema. I got you by nitma If it taught you by things of lighter holiness that they're burned, certainly things of greater holiness. But being taken out, that's talking about super duper holy stuff. What about the lighter holy? The lighter, the kachikadashim were burnt on the altar. The kachim kalim were eaten by the kohanim. They're holy light meaning that it's a, it's a lesser kind of holiness. So but I, if you only know by the heavier stuff, how do you know the lighter stuff? As we turn the page, and we learned also, new thing. What about if you spill the blood? We talked about those klutzi kohanim, that's for sure. But we talked about if the blood, you know, they were passing it from bowl to bowl to bowl, and it was a busy day. And what happens if they spill the blood? Uh, or the blood went out of the curtains, the kaimalam bisrefa. We know today what the halacha is, that you got to burn the uh, offering if you spill the blood. How do, where do we get that from? Everything has to have a source. So the answer is, we learn from Rishim in the Tanya, it says you burn it in the holy place, we learn from here that uh, sin offerings, that it has to be burnt in a holy spot. I only know how do I know the other stuff? If it gets ruined, it has to be burned there. It's got to be burnt over there. The coal is like everything. That's all super duper holy altar stuff. 
If it gets ruined, it has to be burnt there. But what about the lighter holy stuff? The meat that the Kohanim get, the, the lighter off, the shlamim, that the shlamim are belong to Yisraelim. Well, how do you know that has to be burnt if there? So, Ella, Kopsula, Bekodesh, Really, anything that gets ruined in, when it's uh, an offering, it has to be burnt. Loshna, Kachim, Karan, Loshna, Kachim, There's no differentiation. How do we know that? Gemira, Gemiri, Lo. The Gemara actually says um, uh, this was what it was handed down. Uh, it's not actually said in the Torah. And there were many instructions that were given. Uh, the whole, uh, many things uh, are in other words, they weren't actually written in a law book, but uh, from the very beginning, these laws were passed down. So the Gemara is now answering, we don't have a direct source from Scripture that's Allah Moshe Misinai, that it, there's no differentiation. Even though the Torah didn't sp- specifically say it, that was Halacha Moshe Misinai. So let's get back to our story. What happened with Aaron? Uh, the reason that Aaron's was burnt because of the story. And we're going to have to get to that story soon. So uh, there's another category of offerings. Uh, we've been talking about tame, uh, or where the offering became impure, or it got taken out. What about if it got pigalized? That was our own word. It, so the Kohen who did it had the wrong thoughts, and that's why it's no good. So here the offering looks beautiful, and it didn't touch anything impure. There's no intrinsic problem with the offering. The offering is perfect, but the problem was in the brain of the Kohen, who was doing it. So in this case, before you burn it, you have to let it go bad. Manola, where did we learn that out from? Yalef Avon, we learned that from Noser. Ah, Why don't we learn from the burning where Aaron did? Um, really, in Aaron's case, uh, the normal halacha would be to let it wait to burn it. Aaron specifically, in that case, did not burn it right away. It was like a a, a specific time because of what happened then that they had to burn it right away. But typically in future generations, um, the, uh, they, uh, they would wait till it went bad. Bahasam, and why, didn't, why did they burn it right away then? We have this halacha that when the offering, it looks perfect and it wasn't touched by anything impure and it wasn't taken out and we can't see anything wrong in it. We said that uh, usually you have to let it go bad before you burn it. That's Horash Shahai. That was a one-time thing. So hashta, I mean, kopsule the kodesh misreifa. But now that we've said you always burn it, loshna kachim kachim, loshna kachim kalim, gemir gemir le. We said that's a halacha moshe misinai. The kodesh based to sarif lami. What do we do with the pasuk that we quoted before? Um, and that was now we said that the Torah didn't actually tell us. So then that pasuk isn't being used to tell us it's burnt. We burn it because it's a halacha moshe misinai. So what do we do with that? So the answer is, we use it for something else. Um, to tell you that you've got to burn it in a holy spot. You can't have the... You would think that you don't want to have a fire in the base of Migdosh, of burning... Uh, it's a lesson also, by the way, that getting rid of the bad it has, it can be done in a holy spot too. You know, that's burnt... That's also something holy. You say, well, take out the... Gar-, you know, the, the burning of the, of the bad, that's done in a holy spot. Now, there's another Pasuk there. What do we do with that Pasuk? So the Lord says, we need that. Why? I would have thought, first wide line, something that's got invalid in the base of Migdush Kigon Lun. Lun means it stayed overnight, got left over too long. 
Landama, the blood got left over now. Venishbuk Dama, or it got spilled. Venyotza Dama, it got taken out. Venishka Belilo, or it got shechted at night. It's got to be shechted during the day. Lusrefa. Uh, those all have to be burned. The less than Bechulin, those don't apply when it's not holy yet. Avunitma, but Tuma, uh, something can become, uh, even Chulin can become Tame, the Bechulin Nami missile. Ema, Hoyavasavi, be Uvde de Chol. This is something that can happen even outside the base of Migdush, Emeloti voice Reifa. Maybe it's not, it's not a base of Migdush problem. There are certain problems that happen because it's a Corbin. So if the thing can only happen to a Corbin, it's burnt over there and disposed of in a special way. But if something can happen to even a non-Corbin, so to Saigle Bekfura, maybe you could bury it. Burying is a good way to dispose of it. So that's what I would have thought, Kamash Balan, that no, it has to be burnt. Uh, let's see some Rashi. Shesreifas um, and last skinny line. Shetzorak uh, lesor from Bazor, you got to burn it in the Azara, right? That's uh, so. Maisachol shelo nizur. Let's say if a person isn't careful, venitma niskalo, but who's the? You bring it out of its holiness. To sagile before it should be enough to bury it. Legonza mina. Why do you even got to bury it so nobody sees it? Shloka club. You got to keep the dogs from eating it. So the, at least you got to do that. Okay. Back to the Gemara. So then we said if the owners became Tame or they died and there's nothing wrong with the Corbin, you got... So again, the basic concept is that if something happened to it, you don't have to wait. You can just burn it. But if nothing happened to the Corbin itself, something happened to the owner of the Corbin, so then you, gotta, you have to wait for the Corbin physically to go bad. So Omar of Yosem, uh, so we had two opinions about that, whether you got to wait or not. And again, those words were ta'avur surasam. You got to wait for the item to go bad. So Omar Rabbi The issue is the, the owners became tame after you already sprinkled it. Diskazi basalachila. These steaks were ready to go. But if the owners became tame before they did the shpritz, the lowest kazi basalachila, the service never proceeded, then everybody agrees you could burn it right away. In other words, it wasn't fully ready to be a korban. Even before the, the service was done, the sprinkling was done, we want to say it was bad. But if the sprinkling was done good, then you got to wait for it to go bad. Meisvein, where's the question? Zeklal kosher psula bekodesh. Kosher psula begufo, thank you. Yeah, I was trying to read ahead at the same time. Wanted to make sure we'll get back to the Chatos Aaron. Yeah, we're going to talk about that some more. I, uh, yeah, we got Rashi, we got that coming. I didn't want to leave you, you all waiting with what was the rest of the story by Aaron over there with the, uh, the getting chewed out, why did it, what really happened. Well, hopefully we'll have some time at the end to do the Rashi to fill us in. Okay, so again, uh, the more has a question. We just said that there's a difference if the, um, uh, the problem started, the, to- the owner be- uh, got invalid if it was before the sprinkling or after the sprinkling. Before the sprinkling, so the Corbin never really got fully processed in a way that was kosher, then you don't have to wait for it to go bad. But if it was good all the way through, even up to the sprinkling, and the meat was ready to go, and then the owner got tame, then you got to let it go bad. Where's the question? If there's something wrong in the Corbin itself, you burn it right away. But if it's in the blood or the owner, then you got to wait. And you take it out and you burn it. So, Tani, we seem to say, the owners are in the same category as the blood. My dumb. Now, the blood, uh, you don't have the blood after it's sprinkled. You only have blood before it's sprinkled. 
So just like the blood, is, the problem is before the sprinkling, so uh, you have to learn that, that uh, we're talking about a case where it happened even before they sprinkled. So if you learned it, this is how you learn it. We have to redefine the case. The debate is where the owner became Tameh before they sprinkled the blood. The lowest chazi basta And the meat was never fully fit to be eaten. The havile that's as if the meat is something wrong with it. That's where there's a debate. But if the owner became Tameh after they sprinkled already, and there the meat was fully fit to be eaten, everybody agrees that's a, a different reason made it invalid, a boy ibutsura. There everybody would agree that you need to wait before you burn it, you need to let it go bad. Rev Yochanan, he says no. He didn't learn the debate that way. He says, he says they argued even if the owner became Tomei after the Zrika, whether or not you have to let it go bad. So again, we're having a full-scale debate here about whether if when the, uh, the Corbin goes bad, if you can burn it right away or if you need to let it, it go bad first. And it, uh, we're, we're saying the debate has to do with the timing of when did it go bad. Did it go bad after the blood was sprinkled? Or did it, uh, do they even argue if you sprinkled the blood correctly? Or no, if they sprinkled the blood correctly, everybody agrees. Those are the two versions we have now. Now, Rav Yochanan said they argue even after the sprinkling. He's consistent. To Omer Rav Yochanan, uh, Rav Yochanan uh, ben Brokov, Rav Nechemia, Omer Dov Rechad. Rav Yochanan Brokov, Rav Nechemia said the same thing. What's that? Rav Yochanan ben Brokov, we just said that they argue even after it was sprinkled whether or not you have to wait to burn it. Where does Reb Nechemia say this? The Tanya, Reb Nechemia Omar. I, I, good, I, was, I was worried we wouldn't get to this because I didn't want to leave you all in suspense and not know about the Rosh Kodesh issue. So uh, getting back to the story uh, where uh, Aaron and his sons burnt the offering and Moshe Rabbeinu came and was very upset and said, what's going on here? So uh, the question was, so Moshe said, well, maybe you brought it too far in? No. Maybe you brought it too far out? No. So why did they burn it? So the, the, there's a tradition about this. Reb Nechemia said, I'll tell you why they burnt it. He said that they burnt it because since their brothers and their uh, son died, not of an avihu, so then they were mourners. And a mourner isn't, uh, isn't in a, uh, can't be in a spirit of holiness. Since he's very sad, he can't do the service in mourning. He can't focus on the service. So they burnt it because they were onanim. Now, by the way, this is not so simple because a Kohen Gadol is expected to be so great that he can do the service even when he's mourning because he, he's above family. The whole Klau Yisrael is his family. So he's not allowed to be, uh, uh, he, he can even do the service as a mourner. And that's why there is this big question. A regular Kohen would not be able to do the service as a mourner. But the Kohen Gadol he, uh, we're, see, when the Kohen Gadol goes in there, he can't be thinking, you know, uh, he, has, he has good access. He gets into the Holy of Holies. So, on Yom Kippur. So maybe while, once he's there, he's going to think, you know, I, I've got my, my cousin could use some more money and my aunt and uncle, they're not feeling well and he's going to have his family list. So, we, we, Kohen Gadol is not allowed to do that. He has to have the whole Klau Yisrael as his family and isn't allowed to have favorites and put his family, enrich his family at the expense of others. That's politicians, not, not the Kohen Gadol. 
So, uh, but the uh, but the average Kohen when he's in mourning is not allowed to go in. Lekach nemer So the Gemara says, When did they become onanim? That's like a problem after the sprinkling. The uh, and they burned it right away. So we're going to get into this discussion that we'll finish tomorrow. There is one Rashi you want to do here. Rashi, um, let's see, towards the bottom. Rashi is unusually long going into this uh, sin of Aaron, in case you were interested in it. I want to do the, um, the later Rashi. Um, I think it was Haki Garcina, Vaninas Kalachas. I want to do the earlier Rashi. Rashi, Lekach Nemar Ke'ela. Uh, that's why they said like this. Rashi is about eight lines down. V'tikra osi ke'ela shani onen. I am a mourner. Hey, hayisi ochu kachim. How could I? How could the kohanim eat the holy offering if they were in mourning? Lamosha nitzavu leimor lehem kikhu es aminkan oseres misha hashem v'ochul baninas v'hayu savish afachatus tochu baninas kamincha. See, Moshe Rabbeinu, they thought uh, it could be eaten like, the, uh, like a mincha could. It's true that a Kohen Gadol can eat a mincha. Uh, see, this was an inaugural offering. I agree that the inaugural offerings you were allowed to eat. Those he agrees. In other words, Aaron understood what, what was the debate here. They knew normally a person mourning doesn't eat karbanos, but he knew the inaugural things had to be eaten. That Aaron understood. But a sin offering, Sir Rosh Chodesh, was Vikoche Dorasan, it's Asr for an Onin. So the issue was very specific to this Rosh Chodesh offering. For Rabbi Yehuda Palagla, he learns differently. He said something else happened over there. He said he got the story all wrong. He said, He says that offering became Tameh. So the question is, what does he do with the verse of Ela? So uh, we're going to stop here. I don't have time to even finish the Rashi. But basically, there was a debate about really what happened. All we know is that Aaron burnt it and didn't eat it. And we know Moshe was upset. And the question was, what really happened? So the first view was that Aaron felt that he was in mourning. And mourners, you have to eat it in joy and, and connection and focus. And you can't do that when a person is mourning. Uh, even though there are other korbanas that you did eat, those were communal offerings, those were one-time offerings. This Rosh Chodesh uh, atonement, you couldn't eat in mourning. That's what one view. Another view is, no, if the other korbanas could be eaten, this korban could be eaten. Something else had to have happened. What happened? Somehow it became invalid. It became Tameh. And that's why Aaron burnt it. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know. Okay, we will pause here and uh, have a wonderful day, everyone. Be well.